Hi, welcome to our podcast. This is The Gray Matters. I'm Jenny Herlihy, and I'm here again with my sister, Christy. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about highly sensitive people, or um, as we like to just say, HSPs. It's a lot easier. Um, and the reason why I thought this would be a good topic to talk about today is because um, I know quite a bit about it, and I thought I would just talk a little bit about how it is for myself to be an HSP. And Christy also has some some things to say about it too. So we'll jump right in. Um, so highly sensitive people, I guess we should start off with maybe the definition or like a really loose definition because yeah. I'm not a scientist. Um, Google is though. Yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> a lot of people think that. Um, so I, I guess really generally, uh, highly sensitive people are people that tend to um, have a, a nervous system that like permit stimulus or stimuli from, from entering. So, um, subconsciously or even unconsciously, yeah. like you're not even aware of it until sometimes it becomes a problem. Uh, so for an example, it would be something like, um, over, overstimulation in an environment. So, and it's not just for introvertedness people either. It's, it's for people like HSPs are different than introverts. So just to, just to um, distinguish which is which. But if you're both, that's a bummer. Yeah, and if, and yeah. If you're both, <laughs> then I'm really sorry. You're gonna have a really hard life, and I understand because that's me. That's <laughs> me. Uh, so, but the link between highly sensitive people and depression is quite high, and that's why we're gonna do a show about it. Uh, so there's certain things like bodily stimulate stimulation. So. Um, feeling hungry or feeling thirsty mm -hmm. or tired, uh, you tend to feel it more than the next person and it really gets to you more it's than like the next person. It's much more distracting and, and yeah. makes, well, I think, makes you more irritable. Like, yeah. So when you're, when you're dealing with, so you're sitting there with a group of people and you're really hungry, your stomach is rumbling and people can hear it and you know, and that's pretty normal. But what might be going on inside of you is is extreme. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to concentrate, but you're hungry. Um, and then you are feeling bad because you're not able to put your full attention to whatever topic it is. So if you're talking to somebody or a group of people and you're overtired or you're hungry or you're thirsty or you're having any of these physical feelings, um, there's also an element of guilt sometimes when you're not able to concentrate. Yeah. And guilt can lead to feelings of depression or, or worthlessness. So, so that's one thing. The other thing for physical stuff is that uh, because you're so tuned in to your body, little things that might just be little things might make it like in your brain, you might think it's a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, when I'm having a headache, I have a headache for three days, I think, I have a brain tumor. It's always <laughs> like, a brain, like, brain tumor. Yeah, and so I, I get, I, I mean, I don't, sometimes don't jump right to that conclusion, but I do start worrying more. I worry yeah. about my, my health. And so, you know, if I have a stomach ache or a cramp that lingers, I, I worry about what's going on. Like, I don't worry. I don't think, oh, maybe it's something I ate or maybe I pulled a muscle right away. I go to yeah. something is drastically wrong with my health. So that can create a lot of anxiety. And it's also something that I'm constantly battling with myself. So I'm trying, you know, uh, logically, I know that it's probably not a brain tumor. 
in fact, I'm probably like 99.9% sure it isn't, but there's a part of me that goes, what if it what is? If? And that is distracting. So it's, so that's a physical part of um, being an HSP. Uh, the other part I would describe, uh, people have a really rich inner life. So we tend to dream <laughs> more, uh, dreaming when you're sleeping, but dreaming when you're awake too. So big fantasies about life, what you want to get done in life. Which can lead to a lot of disappointment. It can, exactly. Uh -huh. I was just going to get to that. So you're anticipating certain things. Um, you have life goals and lots of times the reality doesn't measure up. So you're you disappointed. You know what I do a lot is I anticipate other people's reactions to things I'm going to tell them. Like even like if I'm like, Oh, they're going to think this is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And then when they don't react in the way I expect them to, which is super not their problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I can become like super upset about that. Yeah. And like, you're not upset with the person. No, I'm just so disappointed. So, so let down. And how do you explain that? Like and how I've you had to, and it's, it sounds, it seems silly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that, and that's another, when we talk about internal struggle, I think that for HSPs, we have that constantly, like it's a constant battle in our brain because logically we know, okay, this person, mm -hmm. this person is this and, and you know, she doesn't agree with me. That doesn't mean she doesn't love me or, you know, it's just, we kind of carry things to the extreme. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then we always have to kind of counsel ourselves into back to normal. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that, that's definitely um, another uh, problem, potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, like, the other thing, too, surrounding yourself with others. Um, when you're extroverted and an HSP, that can still be hard mm -hmm. just because of the, the environment and the stimuli that you pick up from other people, body language, eye contact. Um, if someone else is in a bad mood, mm -hmm. you automatically take on that mood. Um, so whether you're extroverted or an introvert, it doesn't matter. If you're an HSP and you're around others a lot, you will take on their emotions, whether you want to or not. And sometimes that's a gift. Um, I guess there's certain professions I think that would be a good fit for that. If, yeah. if you're also able to be able to leave work at work and, and find a way to, to, to shut all that off and stuff, because empathy is, is another thing that comes with HSPs, which I think is amazing, but you have to balance that. Yeah. So when, it, so going back to kind of like the health concerns, so we're always kind of concerned about our health, thinking the worst, um, it can lead to a feeling of almost frailty. Like our lives are so <laughs> fragile. Like, you know, we could die in a, in a, in a second for yeah. anything. And it kind of paints a, dark picture on life sometimes when you when you think to that extreme when you get down like when, yeah down deep into yeah it. like all of a sudden you'll be hit with a thought that makes you spiral down and yeah you're thinking like is it even like worth it because I'm so sensitive and I and I feel so frail mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just I guess to really explain it in a really general term it's a con it's just a constant battle in your brain like yeah. what's what's really real what's really important how you're feeling, validating that, and trying to really um, talk to yourself about, you know, what what kind of things can you do to to help yourself out when you're in that mind frame, and so that you don't start getting negative all the time and feeling bad about yourself, and so that your self-esteem stays all right. Uh, I the other thing too, I, I feel um, for HSPs, they're pretty perceptive, so. Mm -hmm. 
so because they take on people's emotions so if if someone like I'm an admin assistant so people come in every morning and they say hi and when I first started working as an admin assistant I I took on people's emotions they would enter the room and they would sign in and I could tell right away without them even saying anything just by the way they walked or the way that they they looked or even the way that they would like someone could be in a bad mood they'd come in stomping around and they'd slam things or whatever that's pretty obvious but there were some times where people would come in and they would be a little bit quieter than the day before and yeah. I knew something had happened that night and and even before I knew exactly what it was just knowing somebody was in a bad mood put me in a bad mood yeah like I felt what they felt or it makes you feel like oh man like what can I do what can I do or or how should I behave around this person today and like what do they need yeah and And so yeah yeah, you're not thinking yeah fixing fixing things and yeah it's kind of like unless we are helping people fixing something I find with work it's hard because when I sorry find that people seem to be in that type of mood that day. If I have something that I need to do for work that involves needing them mm-hmm. to help me, mm-hmm. I'm like, can I put this off till tomorrow? Like, yeah. And then I start to change my own stuff. So to accommodate to other accommodate people. To accommodate them, yeah. 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 Yeah, and so that's, I guess, a really good segue maybe into self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's more important for us to take care of, of ourselves um, just because we're HSPs. And because we, we need more self-care. Yeah. Uh, but try to tell somebody that that has, well, is an HSP and that has that kind of caring, empathetic personality because it's really hard to go have a nap or, you know, go out and do something <laughs> for myself when I'm still thinking about other people and how yeah. to help them. Uh, so that is definitely something that we would we all need to learn. Maybe we'll have a show in the future about ways to actually feel like guilt-free self-care type thing um this is taking it back just a little bit i'm just trying to think of like more examples that might help people um, recognize recognize signs and maybe themselves or someone else yeah like so you had kind of touched on you had said the very beginning uh, stuff about environmental stimuli and yep and that sort of thing but i'm just wondering like it i i have an example that i'm wondering if you think okay is is tied to this and it's like when if I'm sitting like in a meeting mm-hmm. and a couple things come to mind but the first one is like if people are, are talking or there's multiple or we're supposed to be having a meeting together and multiple people are having little conversations oh, yeah. yep. or someone's um, clicking a pen mm-hmm. like I can't I can't focus when yep. stuff like that's going on yeah and it makes me crazy like I'm so mad about it like, I just want to be like, everyone stop. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that would definitely fall into that category, I think. Uh, it's you know. so distracting for me. Like, yeah. And, and that's something to like, it, I mean, yeah, we're, we're all in meetings and there's a few people talking at once and you're thinking like, I'm not getting anything from this conversation because mm-hmm. we prefer to actually have one-on-one conversations with people. Yeah. Group well, ones are difficult. Uh, group is hard. One-on-one is best. Um, even I would say being in person rather than on the phone yeah. is easier for HSPs because we like to have that, like see that human, the, the human contact, mm-hmm. that human thing. Um, but yeah, definitely because other people that are not HSPs, they cannot, 
a lot of people wouldn't even hear that pen click. And they don't, and I've, and I've said and you're, that to you thinking, like, do you not hear this And pen? I have said that. I'm like, <laughs> can everyone hear this? Like, is... I'm like, we need, we, that needs to stop for this to, me need to continue funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. seems so extreme, but. Yeah. Like, it, it's just true. And then me. you'll have that, that, that battle piece in your mind because you're sitting there going, this pen needs to stop clicking. Um, how foolish will I sound if I say it? So while you're and thinking how, all and that. how petty. And so, yeah, you're thinking about And you're missing this. everything that's going exactly. on. And then they go, and what do you think, Christy? And you're going, I think, I think that that pen needs to go. <laughs> and then they look at you like you have five heads, yeah. and then you feel like crap about yourself. Yeah. So that's the vicious cycle of <laughs> yeah. in quick terms. I mean, if you can get to the point where you don't feel bad about that, um, which depending where I am yep. is easier, mm-hmm. um, then that's great. Because that's, that's the biggest part, I think. Like, it's feeling bad about it or like not feeling like you know how to explain it without, yeah, seeming insane mm-hmm. um and especially like if you were to say to somebody uh i'm an hsp yeah that that's gonna get you some strange looks so yeah <laughs> yeah so uh anyone that's listening to this um please sp- spread the word on hsps so that hsps can... it's just like introvert and extrovert is such a known thing yeah I but mean, people are still yeah weird about that but 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 it's more common to the point where if you say that someone's not going to look at you funny like yeah. usually yeah um i mean there are misconceptions like when i say i'm introverted i get a lot of people who are like what i never yeah. would have guessed that because i can like function yeah <laughs> like because yeah because people because introverts can um and because you do have a lot of friends and you do have a pretty good social life and stuff but that's not really the criteria it's, it's not it's yeah. how do you recharge your batteries right. really so is what it comes HSPs down to it. is definitely not an, as known like i didn't I didn't know, I mean, I felt that way, and I definitely recognized that that was a characteristic of myself without knowing when HSP was or that it was a thing until mm-hmm. you actually talked to me about that yeah. before. Yeah. When you first found out, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I There's a lot of research out there right now. Um, Elaine Aaron, I think uh, is how you pronounce it, I'm not sure, but she is kind of the founder of this highly mm-hmm. sensitive person type thing. She's a psychologist um, that has been studying it for years. She actually recognizes as one, like she identifies as. Did she write that book? And, yeah, she wrote. She wrote all the books. There's books about um, being an HSP in a relationship. Right. There's you know just being in the world as one and so on. But she self-identifies as an HSP. Uh, what's really interesting is that her husband does not, and so they, mm-hmm. and so he's also a psychologist and. They've done quite a few studies together, and, and so yeah, there's a lot of literature about it, but it's not it's still not very well known. So yeah, I would still feel kind of weird saying to people, well, the acronym, like especially, like, I'm an HSP, but if you say yeah, highly yeah. sensitive person, they might think that you're an emotional person. Exactly, yeah. Um, so that's not really, I mean, it is part of it, Yeah. but the reason why is different. So no, the you reason have to why say, we're like, emotional. like sensitive to all sorts of different stimuli. Yeah. Like it's different. And it's different sense. for everybody too. Like uh, the pen clicking thing, I totally can understand. Or being in a theater while people are talking. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then there's just, there's other things that I feel like over time and being more conscious of being an HSP has helped me to try to get over some of those things that, that used to bother me or used to really drag me down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to live with, especially if you don't know that that's what's going on. Like when you're, when you're always guessing, like, why do I feel different than everybody? Why do I feel things more? Uh, like I remember 
not knowing that this was me um, as a child <laughs> in grade eight we watched the lion king mm -hmm. in gym class and i actually had to leave <laughs> I had to leave the room when, when Mufasa dies <laughs> uh, because I was so sad. Like I was hyperventilating crying Yeah. Uh, because I was just, I was imagining what Simba would be going through. I mean, this is a cartoon, yeah. right? And, and I'm in grade eight. So, you know, I had to be a cool teenager in front of my peers and I failed at that miserably because people were making fun of me. Um, a lot of people didn't understand why I got up and left, but like, my face was really red after. People could probably guess yeah. what was going on. And so that was one of those <laughs> I didn't know that. those moments that I remember in, in school being embarrassed because I couldn't handle it. And you were so old when that movie came out. I, I was 13. <laughs> I was 13, but like, so yeah, there's no age on HSBs. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just thinking I was Oh, fine. and so I guess while we're at it, we should say like, you're born with this. Yeah. Like this is something that's hardwired into you. So is there stuff in there about, or can you tell in a baby? Yeah, like yeah. So um, there are things that you can tell, and so when I, I when I asked mom like to remember uh, what I was like as a baby, it's a long time ago for one. Any anything that I would have done, like being a fussy baby or being whatever, I think was always just chalked up to you were our first. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, right. Which is fair. Um, but as a, so as a baby, I, I do think there were probably things I can't, I did have a conversation with mom about this. I can't remember what we, what she said. <laughs> um, yeah, us introverts and HSPs, we're supposed to be good listeners. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't really remember exactly what she said, details about me being a baby, um, except for that I was super cute. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do remember being l like a little girl, like, Four. I had a birthday party planned and no one came oh. and I was devastated and I think that like my self-esteem <laughs> as a four-year-old was not good uh, and, and then like there were just little things like um, when I met my best friend when we were 11 uh, I, I quickly found out that I cried way more easily than she did yeah and uh, there were things that I thought like why aren't you crying and you we've robot. known each other for 25 years and I think I've seen her cry like six times <laughs> and uh, it takes a lot, but it takes nothing for me. Even thinking about, like I was driving to work today and I was thinking about recording this and I was, you would say, I was in tears. I and do I'm, that too. I'm That's okay now, too. but like I, I was really like overwhelmed in a good way yeah. about it. So, so yeah. And, and I'm becoming way more acceptant of who I am and how it works and I'm I'm tweaking it along the way to make it work for me so so I and so getting to uh how it works for us as adults mm -hmm. um once I found out that this thing existed that there was an, a highly sensitive person trait that 20% of people have it mm -hmm. um so it's not common but it's not so uncommon that yeah. people shouldn't like know they're about it you. So one in five, one in five people um, will identify as HSP. And I think that's really important to know because it's a completely different way to live. So if we can just find out more about that, that piece, people will be able to understand people and then people will not feel as weird or ashamed of saying like, listen, like I really want to listen to this meeting, but that pen is driving me insane yeah. and maybe you guys should talk one at a time. Yeah. 
And, you know, and, and it's funny because no one's going to wear perfume anymore to work yeah. <laughs> and because it started bothering people or whatever, mm-hmm. but people still click their pants and they don't understand how horrible that is. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, like I said before, I'm an admin assistant and so it could go both ways. The HSP stuff could be extremely uh, detrimental and it was when I first started working where I, where I do now. Um, because I did take on people's moods as they walked in for the day, you know, it was morning and my mood was ruined if two or three people were in a bad mood. Uh, also I, I work in a place where parents come in and they have therapy with their children with special needs. Sometimes those parents are, they've never been here before and they're worried about their child. So there's a lot of, uh, emotions in the front office where I work Mm -hmm. and, um, I used to take that on too. And I have in the in the years I've worked there, uh, learned that it's it's not me. Like, yeah, it's not me. It's not. It, it's, it's, not it's not me, and it's not me making them feel that way. And mm-hmm. what could I do just in the five minutes that they're sitting there to maybe brighten their day? Because I know that would make me feel better. Because we're fixers and helpers. Yeah. So instead of taking it on, I kind of try to look beyond that and offer them a, a beverage or offer them, you know, anything. Like if I see that they're looking around for something, I ask like, oh, can I help you with something? And it yeah. just, it just having that dialogue happen, it just kind of, it makes my body feel balanced. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's, it's a really hard thing to, to take a step back in a situation and realize like what they're feeling is not about you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that we're self-centered. It's just that our bodies just take in this feeling without right, us being able it. to, yeah, we can't it, so filter just, anything. You, yeah, exactly. So, uh, bright lights. Uh, I have to wear sunglasses like year round because it's so bright outside. Like my yeah. eyes can't even open. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I walk around squinting my eyes unless I have my sunglasses on and it really, really, really hurts. <laughs> Um, my husband's told me that I have superior hearing and that's another thing that we, we have is good sense of smell, good hearing, sometimes a sixth sense. Uh, I've been known to be called psychic. There's quite a few things that I've been able to predict and it's just because I am feeling the energy. I know that sounds kind of Yeah, or you know what? I think a lot of it is, like you said, we're perceptive. Perceptive. So so when you're taking in all these things that are happening around you, you're more likely to be able to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, because it's other people aren't seeing it. So they're, you know... Like if you predict this, I don't have zero examples in my head except for like, say some, you're like, that person's totally going to fall off that ladder. Yeah. And like, it's because you've taken unknowingly all these yeah. other little tiny, tiny things. Yeah. Because you just saw like a, sw- like a flock of birds flying toward this dude and then it's it gets just, windy it's and then things that you don't even know you're taking. Yeah. And in. then that person maybe has like something on their shoulder and it's going to put them off balance. Like there's all these little pieces of the puzzle that we're, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're, we're. Um, bringing it into our body and and we're thinking okay there and there's like this puzzle piece and this piece and this piece and it all gets put together and then that person and then what we predict happens yeah and so yeah do you find that lots of times you're you want to say oh I knew that was going to happen yeah. or yeah I kind of told you so or and they're extremely surprised that whatever happened happened well and I also find like sometimes I'm asked like I like work is just an easier one for me to think of things, but like yeah. I'm asked to do something and I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that only because yeah. this is going to happen and this is going to happen and then this will happen. Yeah. And they're like, what? Like, and I'm yeah. and, and that is, it's more, frustrating. It's, it's, 
from past experiences, but you, I, I mean, I don't know if that even ties to the highest sense of person, but for me, like, I'm just like, I know that this is going to happen and then it does. And then I'm annoyed because I well, knew it was going to happen. You know, in, in, in her books, in Elaine's books, uh, I'm pretty sure I read something. It's been a couple of years since I read them, but I'm pretty sure I read something about, uh, yeah, that you just have a feeling like an inexplicable yeah. feeling. I mean, how you can't explain and why do. Yeah, and but all humans end up having intuition. Intuition's a th- like a thing that everybody has, but it's about being able to, is, to tap into that yeah. too. And yeah. um, and and then I guess there would be some like some heightened stuff with HSP. Yeah. So your intuition. Yeah, it, everybody has intuition, and I think HSPs have more of it, or it's a stronger sense of it. And that could be a, you know, a gift. It can totally be. It, a gift. it has yeah. been. Let me just put it that way. It, it has been a complete gift. Perceptiveness yeah. as well. Um, when we learn to tap into it in in the positive way. Yeah. And so, this is it's hopefully will give some help, uh, hope to people that maybe our HSPs didn't know that they were until now. Um, maybe grab that that book it's pretty amazing it's um groundbreaking actually because i wish i had known more about this stuff when i was a teenager especially because uh those are times when when you're sensitive anyway yeah and make some sense of it or whatever and uh it would have been pretty beneficial to have uh, right about the time that i was going through a whole bunch of stuff with friends at school in high school uh looking back i can totally I would say blame it on my HSP stuff because there were things that when I look back now shouldn't have really bothered me and because I just didn't know how to regulate what was happening to my body and how I reacted um, it was really negative yeah so I, I wish I had known about it but I didn't but now I do so that's why we're making this show I think that there can also be people out there who are HSPs that it's never bothered them, maybe. Yep. Like, they're they're living in the perfect storm for themselves. Yeah, and they're like, you know, that's what they know, and and they haven't maybe even questioned it. Yeah. And thought it was great. And, like, because that's fine. (laughs) Like, they might have just happened to have been born into a family that is the same, too. Yeah. And so, because they're... Yeah, so, like, their parents might both be HSPs, whether they know it or not, but they would have adapted their lifestyle to to suit that without knowing it, maybe. And then you bring children into that, and those children are wired in a similar way. Well, what's working for you is working for them, and everything's hunky-dory. Great. Um, Or you could be born into a family with parents um, that aren't, and they don't get you. And it's no one's fault. It's just how it is. And, uh, and maybe that's probably more the norm, I would say. Yeah. Everyone's wired differently and even HSPs, um, are wired differently, but it's one of those things that it's important to accept and to, yeah, try to harness like the good points about it and to try to, um, really see it as, you know, a gift, uh, instead of a burden or a curse. (laughs) Although they they can go both ways um hsps are more susceptible to depression and anxiety and i think it's pretty obvious why (laughs) just because of what we've already talked about like we tend to pick up on other people's feelings but we also tend to generate feelings of um self-worthlessness and and guilt um 
because so we have so many feelings. We just don't know what to do with them all the time. Yeah. And if we can't help somebody in that moment or we can't, like, it's, it means a lot to me to be able to make someone's day. Well, and I think that's part of it too is that if you're somebody who's more prone to help people, um, you use your energy for that and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have any th- anything left in your reserves for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, I think, a huge part of that. That's true. And so... How would you um, go about trying to balance that? Yeah. Like, how do you balance that? Because you're not going to change what's already wired in you. I guess we have to change our reaction to some things. Yeah. Be more mindful. I guess that's probably what it is. So when I started being, like, I took some mindfulness classes, Mm -hmm. which were really helpful. I find myself doing that lots of times on the way home from work. Um... I have three kids, so I'm on the way home from work and I try really hard to not think about all the stuff that I have to do once I get home and, or what's, what I'm making for dinner or like all the little tasks that need to be done before I go to bed. So I'm trying to be on the, just on my drive home, just trying to be there Yeah. and put that aside. So I'm trying to take in the sound of the music that I'm listening to or, you know, people that are walking down the street or how, how, how you feel in your seat, my breathing like, and yeah, how the seat <clears> feels, <throat> what's the temperature of my vehicle, yeah, stuff like that. Um, I also have been finding, I've been noticing that when I get into my vehicle to go home, I set things up for a successful drive. Yeah. So I whip out the sunglasses. For your sensitive I, def- I definitely, yeah, so sensitive. So I, I have my sunglasses on. Well, they're on before I leave the building. <laughs> and then um, I set up my music the way I want it. And I have to, like, adjust my seat. I make sure that I'm, like, mm-hmm. primed. And then I can drive home and be mindful. Uh, but I think it's harder to be that if you're an HSP. Because you have to have so many things in place. And... Uh, the other thing that um, I remember thinking too is that I always felt emotionally like high maintenance. Mm. So interesting, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing as someone that has depression that won't reach out because they feel like they're going to be a burden on somebody else. Yeah. Um, and so when I was going through uh, like an emotion about someone else, uh, I was taking on. Someone, something bad happened to one of my friends in life and I took all that on. I felt probably, I'm not going to say I felt just as bad, but I probably did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I probably, I took on a lot of that negative emotion and um, it's, it's just, it's so hard to, to get out of it. Yeah. It's so hard. And I find like, even if you're not taking on someone else's, if it's just your own, um, that like kind of like not wanting to be a burden on someone, but I, I, I struggle a lot. What happens with me is I struggle a lot where I feel upset about something that maybe somebody did, but then I also understand their reasonings behind doing things. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to, I feel so bad. Like I feel hurt, but I don't want to say that to them because I understand why they did that. And I don't want them to feel hurt. So like, it's just like this, like, so you're, boom, you're struggle. having the conversation, but you're just having it with yourself instead oh, of that always. person. And yeah. that's, and that's the, the battle part that we talk about in your head because yeah, like we tend to put ourselves in other people's shoes constantly, yeah. which prevents us 
from actually voicing our needs. Or if we do, that's a whole other thing where well, it takes a lot, lot of preparation. Yeah. It takes a lot of preparation. You really want to make sure that you are so clear about what you're trying to say so that they understand that, that you still understand their feelings. Yeah. Like, and and, and it's, it becomes a very exhausting conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before it's even had. Like, yeah. And yeah. then often I find they go really well and everyone's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, why did I stress about that for so long? Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, there's always kind of a debriefing thought that you have. Like, yeah. why why did I not sleep for four days before this this chat that I had with someone? Or But I think, like, for me, I do still understand the the need for me to, to voice when I'm feeling certain ways, regardless of how I'm, like, thinking this other person's going to react. Um, because there's been so many worse things come out of keeping that bottled up for so long. Yeah. Um, like what? Like, like for you, for me, like that's, that's when I have depression episodes for sure. Yep. Is like, I, I, I keep all these things in and sometimes it just seem like little things. Right. And like we all said before, like little things become big things. And there's a reason why we need to talk about stuff because it doesn't just go away. It doesn't, yeah. Like some days you might feel like it does, but it just doesn't. Yeah. And then it like you implode. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And it just becomes so much more of a problem that you need to fix as opposed to having maybe a difficult conversation yeah. um, right in the beginning that might not actually be as difficult as you're imagining. It usually isn't. Um, yeah. And then for the times that it is, it's usually not really your issue anyway. Yeah. Right? Like it's... it's... And, and maybe we need to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable in yes, conversations. Right? And so we have to get more vulnerable. And the only way to do that is to just be like, this might be a hard conversation to do it anyways. And it's very easy for me to say that right now. It doesn't mean that I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, we all need to practice that. We all for need sure. To but I, I like to think that I do it more than I used to, but I will struggle for long periods of time before I finally say something. So, um, do you, uh, feel like you have almost like a criteria checklist that you kind of have in your mind set up for, for these times? Like, what do you, how, we, how do you gauge what's really important to kind of get off your chest now and what can wait? What's, um, your, what's your criteria for that? I don't know if it's like a criteria list that I can articulate or if it's just like, I just completely go by feeling. Like, oh no, I'd say feeling because like, you're an HSP. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> it's like I feel, I can feel like the weight of one thing more than I can feel the weight of another yeah. internally, yeah. kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it does. Or, or a lot of the time you can say, hey, if I get this one off my chest, all those other ones will probably just start to fall off. This yeah. might be the biggest thing that's actually making all these other things a problem. So you just prioritize yeah. what you would do. and Yeah, like what do you do? Probably that. Yeah. Like, I'm probably not as conscious of what it is. That's why I asked the question to try to get us thinking about how you do that. Yeah. yeah. How do we do that? Um, and I think that that's true for a lot of things is that lots of other issues or things that maybe wouldn't be an issue normally are big only because you have something else that needs to be addressed. Yeah. That's true too. And also too, I'm trying to think of the different places that you are in your life. So like work stuff. I, I actually tend to take better care of my work relationships. Than, I think a lot of people do. Uh, so, so yeah, like I will, I will go to my boss and we'll have chats 
and if something needs to come up, it comes up because and she's yeah. super approachable. Yeah. And and actually she's had to like drag things out of me before, but but because I know now that she's willing to listen and willing to listen without judgment. Yeah. And to help. Like yeah. that's the biggest thing. She helps. Yeah. Asking for help is so hard though. Like but I <laughs> but at home, so that's at work and that works great. And I would advise everybody to to just put aside your fears of talking to your boss and just letting them know what's going on with you. Um and you will probably feel better. Like I can almost guarantee yeah. it. Uh, I don't have any money, so I can't put money on it. <laughs> but if I did, I would. Uh, home life. Okay, so yeah. I'm getting better at this, but I did for a long time struggle with that at home to the point where uh, I would be stewing about something or I'd have a, quite a few little things going on inside unbeknownst to my husband. And then he and I would... To, like have a disagreement about something and things would blow up and it had nothing to do with the no, topic. It was, it was totally me and my stuff that mm-hmm. he didn't know about. And I probably should have been communicating all the little things. Yeah. But once again, I'm like, would he even care about that? Yeah. That's mine. And yeah. like to hold on to or whatever. But, but he married me. <laughs> he asked <laughs> so for that. He's kind of stuck with it. No. Yeah. He, he chose it's, you. It's, it's something if you're married or if you're in a committed relationship with someone that's just how it should work like and that should be like like i mean I don't be, want to in a perfect world it'd be great for work and home to both yeah be as comfortable <laughs> um but i i would say that mine is more similar to that as well like yeah at work like with my boss i don't have any like i don't usually second guess before i go into his office and i'm like i hate these things and i need to talk to you about it mm-hmm. and he listens and whatever and I, and i think maybe it's just that because of the relationship we have it, i don't feel like it's going to hurt him maybe or something i don't yeah. know i don't know exactly how to explain like it like he's never indicated that anything that you bring into his office he takes personally no, no and he wouldn't yeah and yeah. with home it's it's I mean, it makes sense. It's different. Yeah. Like this is your partner. Yeah. It's it is different, um, but you should be able to to talk to your partner. And yeah. yeah sometimes that's a lot of work. And be and, accepted. And I know, like, there's times when I'm like, oh man, like I had said before, like when you think a conversation is going to go bad and then it doesn't, because huh. there's times when I'm like, oh man, I have to say this thing to my partner, and this is what his reaction is going to be, and like I decide in my head what it's going to be. And then I finally, like, I break, right? And I, and I kind of start to talk about it. And then he's, like, fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you're cursing yourself. Like, like it goes, it goes over that. so well. And yeah. I don't I mean, know. What is, and what, and then the internal dialogue starts. Yeah. What is wrong with me? Why I, did I think that? I do tend. who you are. I do tend to, um, when I finally have the opportunity to get things out, I don't often always get it all out though. I'm bad for that. I'm bad for starting a conversation yep. with someone and only get like, getting a little bit out, being like, okay, I feel comfortable enough to say that much, but I'm still not ready to say everything and then I don't. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I didn't really think about before, but I really want to work on that. It's like using that opportunity to be like, let's just talk it all out because Hash I don't. Yeah. And so those same issues aren't ever fully resolved. Yeah. And then they just happen again six months later yeah. and then it happens again six months after that like by by annual sort of conversation you're having this the same yeah because you've never really cleared up and then you're wondering why does my partner keep doing this thing that I hate well maybe it's because I haven't really communicated super well yeah. about how I feel about that 
And just because we're mind readers doesn't mean that yeah. they are. No, we're it's, not mind readers. It's, sometimes you got to think about that, right? We're like feeling readers. It can partially be, I can partially be at fault for this. Yeah. Not, yeah. it's not them all the time. Oh yeah. Like in the last couple months, I have been at fault for like so many things. Oh, I thought you going to say for two things no, specifically. So many things. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I've learned that, yeah, I definitely need to work on communicating without feeling guilty. Um, I have to realize that my partner's there to help me and he accepts me. So I should just be honest yeah. with, with myself. Well, and you're really not being fair to your partner. No. To, to always not. be in a mood or, or whatever because you're because of things that you are leaving unsaid. Yeah, like just withholding things because you think that's going to protect their their well-being or their yeah. it's not. It's detrimental to your relationship. Yeah. And I think the more that you are comfortable talking to your partner about it, um, clearing things up, it's just going to start that momentum. It's going to be like, oh, okay, this this worked, and I'm going to keep doing this yeah. because we're open about it. We're now on the same page, yeah. whether even though we're not the same type of people and we're not wired the same. Yeah. You know, like I'm married to an extrovert <laughs> that does not have this HSP trait. You know, so Neither it's, does mine. it's been a lot of learning, <laughs> learning about either one or learning about each other. But it's exciting too because it's it's exciting to to meet different people and to see how everybody's brain works in such a different way. Yeah. But it's equally important now that we know all these things about people's brains to be accepting of it. Yeah. Because there's so much. Stuff and everyone that, brings something super unique yeah. and worthy to yeah. Everyone to has the their table. own their own set of gifts and, and curses that mm-hmm. sometimes are the same thing, <laughs> yeah. depending on how you use them and how you're learning to use them. So yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite, uh, interesting. Um, one thing that I find that really gets me is chronic, uh, like environmental overload. Yeah. So if I have to be, so we were in Vancouver at BC Children's Hospital for a couple of weeks in the summer and just being in Vancouver, driving there. Oh my god! I can't even. Like I wasn't I driving; I was a passenger. I was in traffic. But even that, and I was going crazy. Yeah. I was scared. I was like white knuckling. People are crazy. Uh, there's cars, like literally bumper to bumper. Yeah. I'm not. See, I'm different. I'm not scared. You have a different reason. Well, for I was scared. in a cab, so I was. Scared. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> if I was driving, I would be better because I was in control. But for me, I'm more. I get. Where, where, whenever I'm overstimulated with anything, I get irritated. Yeah. That's my, like, go-to emotion is yeah. I'm super annoyed. Yeah. So I'm like that at work all the time. I must be so <laughs> nice to work with. <laughs> well, I hope that you're nice somewhere. But yeah, so sorry, continue. But no, so, so that was it. So I remember being, like, out, out downtown, you know, we were going to the science center or whatever, and... And then we get to the science center and I'm already exhausted just from the drive. Yeah. My body was physically exhausted. And then yeah. I have to walk around the science center, which is also crowded. Yes. And there's kids everywhere and they're having fun. And I mean, I can, I get it. Yeah. It, it's cute. And I was like smiling at people, but inside I was going, you guys are driving me crazy. Like, when is this over? There's so many noises. There's so many experiments yeah. going on. And even though it's interesting and I was enjoying <laughs> watching my son have a good time and I was participating in the back of my mind or in the back of wherever it, my body was getting more and more tired to the point where even though we were gone from the hospital for like four hours in total, I had to sleep. 
<laughs> like an extra eight hours the next day to make up for it. Like, yeah. And, and I can't, and, and that's the thing I was going to get to um, before we end this episode too, is that it's, it's harder, like depending on what your life's like, I have, I have three young kids. And so when I need that downtime, I can't get it. No. And so, so when do you catch up? So I'm yeah. in a deficit here. Like, yeah, my, <laughs> you're going to sleep for the first I've five years of retirement, 12 years of, of actually having to tend to other people. Yeah. So, and for the first like six of those years, I didn't know why I felt more exhausted than my peers that were mothers. Yeah. And I thought it was something wrong with me. I thought that maybe I wasn't a good mom. Well, you're also around people all the time. Like and they're kids, but they're like they're people, and they need stuff from you. And they're and exhausting. Like, yeah, they they take. They I take. get tired talking about people having kids. <laughs> yeah, like it yeah, makes me it's tired thinking thing. about it. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's a real thing for HSPs. Um, I I I have said it before, and and I don't mean it in any harsh way at all. So if any of my kids ever listen to this, I don't want them to take it the wrong way. But I think that. For myself, like having three kids is like crazy for for somebody like myself, and I didn't know that before I had them. And I mean, I'm gonna deal with it, and I'm gonna <laughs> give one of them away. But I think that maybe <laughs> just having one kid would have been satisfactory in the way that now I that I know my my yeah. brain and my body work. Um, now that I have three kids and they're totally great and they're not babies anymore, like they're they're getting easier and they're more fun, yeah. and I like to see the dynamic and stuff. But oh boy, like I almost didn't make it out. <laughs> <laughs> of their toddler and preschool year. Like, I yeah. almost didn't. And I, I say it in a joking way, but I'm serious. Yeah. I'm actually serious. I suffered with a depression like no other. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't because I, I begrudged them and thought maybe I shouldn't have had three kids. It was like, well, I probably shouldn't have had because now I know this stuff. And, you know, it's pretty indicative of somebody that's... Yeah. But but now it's 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 balanced out. And it's because I have more knowledge about it. Yeah. And it's because I've been able to accept it because of that knowledge. So so it's it's been a really interesting ride. And there are a lot of people that come in to my work, my place of work, as mothers. And I can tell right away just in five minutes whether they're an HSP or not. Yeah. And I mean, we don't talk about that because, once again, that's kind of a weird thing to bring up to someone <laughs> you just met. Um, but, but I can understand what they're saying to me as a struggle because yeah. it's a struggle that, you know, 20% of us face. Yeah. And parenthood is a struggle that everybody that's a parent faces some sort of struggle when that comes to that. But I, I do feel like HSPs are a little bit, um, <laughs> we get the short end of the stick when it comes yeah. to that. There's a lot that goes on and, and we tend to just put it on ourselves and make ourselves feel bad when we're not really meeting the standard that we also put on ourselves. Yeah. That's another thing I think is, is that high standard? Like yeah, with friendships and t- with stuff too. Yeah, and then and when you just like can't give anymore, you're like, oh, I just feel like so bad about it. Also, this is super different, but I just want to like say because this happened yesterday, is I honked at a lady on the way home from work, and I felt bad about <laughs> it for the rest of the night. And I just yeah. I'm just gonna put that out there. Like I felt bad all night. I was like, should I have done that? And like I. <laughs> That's funny because I heard someone honking at the corner here at the lights. It wasn't last me. night. No, I know. And but I but I actually like laughed out loud because because that's the equivalent of going, "Hey, fuck you!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so it just kind of like made me laugh. And depending on how you honk your horn, you're, sometimes you're just saying, "Hey, 
Yeah. The light screen. Yeah, like if you see someone you know. Beep, beep. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like a beep yeah, in your head. Yeah, big F you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny. So I was just thinking about that. And, and that also happened in Vancouver, right? It's like honk, 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 honk. And everybody there. seems mad at each well, other. Well, that's like when I was in, um, when I went to Disney World with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Holy. We would spend eight hey, hours. <laughs> hey, Sarah. We'd spend like eight hours there. And by the end of the day, Sarah and I both. Yeah. Also an introvert. Yeah, yep. Sarah's the same. We were like... I, we went back to our room and we didn't even want to like go to for dinner. Yeah. Like we were just like, I don't want, first of all, I didn't want one more person to touch me, mm-hmm. especially that I didn't know because mm-hmm. it's just so crowded, right? You're getting jostled by strangers mm-hmm. all day. I'm like, if one stranger like brushes my shoulder, I'm going to lose my shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. it was, it, it was just the same as you being in Vancouver. Like yeah. it was horrible. I needed, I needed to just be done with the day and go to bed. Look, I feel kind of high maintenance when I have to say that to people that don't get it. So, I mean, I will only travel with you or Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we don't have to speak. I know exactly. And it's okay. Yeah. We'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely a very interesting topic. It's something that um, I have had a lot of fun learning about and applying a lot of those skills that uh, is in that book. It, it explains self-care and explains um, yourself so it's just really nice to be able to find out more about yourself it's always nice to read things that you um that can identify that with. hit home yeah you're like you, oh this is yeah. that's why that happened and it explained a lot about my past which actually gave me peace about my past that's good. uh and i mean i could go on and on about this but um you will one day there, there's there's so much when it comes to the stuff that we could talk about but even though, like, even when I was thinking about crushes that I had on people in my past, like, I'd fall hard. Oh, and I then, had, then, I had a whole fantasy world planned out for us. Like, like, yeah. and I would go to, and, and to the point where I'm pretty sure that the person that I had a crush on was a completely different person, like, yeah. personality-wise and everything than I thought they were in my brain. Yeah, you made up a person. I made up mind. a person that yeah. looked like that per- Like, well, that's part of the fantasy part of really it. Really big on int- that. Intense dreams. Yeah. We... Yeah, we tend to do all that. And then disappointment when they don't even know who we are. like, Or they don't want to go out with us. And you're like, excuse me? I have a whole life plan. Like, we're already married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And it is quite disappointing. I was, I always wondered why I seemed to always care more about my friends than they seemed to care about me. Yeah. Which is totally untrue. It's just yeah. the way we showed it. I, I never met anyone I was going to say, like I think me. that yours is different because I have friends, my very close friends are very much like that. In, yeah. In like very, like I'm your friend, like, yeah, which means I am your friend. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and um, so I didn't really deal with that as much as you. Yeah, yeah, I don't have... Maybe even more in the early years, like, I was kind of, like, always friends with the same type of person who needed, yeah. like, who used a lot from me. Yeah. Until I met these other people. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's quite... It's hard to keep friends because there always seems to be something missing. Yeah. Like, between me and that person. Like, it's, it's really hard to explain, but I, I always... There, there were times when, you know, th- that person just, I didn't get what I needed out of that friendship. Yeah. And I, like, would kind of phase them out in, in a in a non-mean way. <laughs> but my husband doesn't understand why I could be friends with someone pretty good for, like, a year. And then all of a sudden, it dwindles. Yeah. He's like, well... Like, it just didn't work Some, out. It's a relationship. Something offended me that I can't yeah. let them know. And it's a relationship or, you're having, and it didn't work out. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's devastating, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's really hard to, to try to 
meet people that you fit with yeah and that you actually um get what you get because like we tend to give a lot of ourselves but we also want to get a lot from other people and when we're not we don't ask for it and yeah we you're supposed to know this (laughs) come on and and now i'm asking people yeah and it's great like the results have been amazing and it's just been it's been really uh fun too to to try to explain high sensitivity to people um, when you're trying to explain why you're saying or doing something. Yeah. So if you were in that meeting and you're going, okay, that, that pen clicking, I always go back to that because it's funny, but the pen clicking, um, it's really like distracting me. I'm a highly sensitive person. This sort of stimulus, like it just comes into me. I cannot shut it off. Yeah. I really want to listen to what you're saying. This is me. Yeah. And hopefully they'll kick you out of the meeting so that you don't have to sit there or take minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the worst. I said once, if you want me to take minutes, you have to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want me cause to I cannot listen to give, then you need to yeah. <laughs> give to me. And it's the gift of silence. <laughs> yeah. The gift of silence. So anyway, yeah, I think that we've, we've, We've hit on HSP. We've hit on it, and we've done a really good job, I think, generally speaking about it and some yeah. of our life experiences. And um, it'll just come out in all the podcasts, though. Like, that's part of it. Yeah. Like, with you, like, when you're talking about yourself yeah. or whatever, and that will just give more glimpses of it. That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for chatting with me today about this. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, and I think it's really important, especially because HSPs are not going to be those people that tell you, um, just like, you know, people that are depressed, they probably won't reach out to you. It's the same thing. So if we just kind of break down that barrier and start talking about it, be accepting of other people, uh, maybe the person that seems irritable in the meeting isn't a bitch or whatever. Maybe they're awesome and maybe they're just highly sensitive Yeah. and, and it's, it's okay. And highly sensitive to your shit. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Stop with the madness. Stop with the pen clicking. And, and just look around and just accept people and maybe ask questions, you know, instead yeah. of judging, ask a question. Yeah. You don't know until you ask how someone is. And if you guys have questions, right? Yeah. You might, you guys might have a lot of questions after this episode and that's awesome. So please, um, follow me on our, on my blog. It's the, the gray matters, gray with an E. I get asked that a lot. So the gray matters com dot wordpress.com and you can follow us on there um our episodes will be available on there too but please leave comments and questions because once we get enough questions we're going to do a a question and answer episode uh please send them in because we love getting questions we love getting comments we love getting likes and so all that will help us and hopefully we'll be able to put more episodes out but that's up to you guys so please like us Mm -hmm. and if you guys have any ideas about what you'd like to hear on on uh, the gray matters podcast please feel free to drop us a line as well okay that's it for now thanks a lot christy thanks we'll talk to you later bye bye